Leadership is hard. That's why we created Modern Leadership to help you lead in the digital era. Here's what we know. The pace of life is getting faster. Burnout is increasing and you are faced with more decisions every day. Leadership is complex. It can often feel overwhelming. And that's why we made modern leadership, leadership on demand. That's right. We're taking all of our best leadership content for you. We're bringing in some of the best leaders around and we're putting it all online to help you grow as a leader. Go to leadergrowth.us to find out more today about modern leadership. That's leadergrowth.us, leadergrowth.us. Here's what I know about you. As a leader, you are passionate about people and you're passionate about your organization. You want to see both grow. And a lot of times what we end up doing is we end up moving away from the things that disrupt our lives because they create a sense and a source of conflict for us. That's why I'm really excited today to share this conversation with Amy Downs about how to embrace disruption. You know, we are not able to escape disruption in our lives. You know this very well. You'll plan for a really big event, and then last minute, some things come up that you weren't expecting. You'll plan a perfect vacation, and then flights get canceled. You'll end up being in the final push to reach your goals for this quarter, and in that final week, you'll have several employees get sick, and you just miss your goal. Disruption happens to all of us. Only a few of us Think about embracing disruption as a way of life. Amy Downs has taken on the mindset and lifestyle of embracing disruption since her own life was tragically disrupted by the Oklahoma City bombing. In that, she had to overcome significant loss, trauma, grief, and a multitude of other things along the way. This ultimately led to her building a life of hope, which she writes about in her book, Hope is a Verb. Let me tell you, Amy is a powerful leader who has embraced disruption to bring her back to the reality of what she really wants and then goes after it with everything that she has. This conversation is powerful. It's going to impact you. Get ready for my conversation with Amy Downs. But first, the song Declaration Lion by our friend Cadence from the Unstuck album. Love hard, live fully, lead strong. Hear me roar, I'm in beast mode. Amy Downs, thank you for joining us today on the Leader Growth Podcast. Always good to see you, my friend. Well, good morning, my friend. Thank you for having me. Well, today... I'm really excited because we're going to be talking around the idea of hope, which we always have to celebrate your book, Hope is a Verb, uh, because it's just such an impactful book. Uh, it's changed a lot of, uh, a lot of lives, mine included. Um, but I also want to talk to you about the idea of embracing disruption. And when I think about disruption, no one has experienced the kind of disruption that I know personally, no one has experienced it in the way that you have. And so, you know, when you, Let's just go ahead and, and jump in. When you experienced the disruption of a lifetime, it was in a bombing, and mm -hmm. it's the Oklahoma City bombing. Um, just want to start there. For you, what happened when you essentially woke up to this new reality? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm laying in a hospital bed, mm. and I am 
cut all over my body. So there is not, you can't flip a dime on my body without a cut. Wow. And I can barely move. So my body is traumatized. Emotionally, I'm traumatized, mentally traumatized because I've just gone through being buried alive for six and a half hours. I'm waking up in the hospital and I'm starting to find out, you know, the magnitude of what happened and that, you know, later we would find out 168 people were killed, you know, because of this terrorist attack. And I worked on the third floor in the federal building. That was our only office. And we had, you know, 33 employees. Well, over the eight days waking up to this reality of what's going on, I'm finding out one by one that 18 of my 33 coworkers are killed. Hmm. Our only office destroyed. So we're left with just a handful of employees, most of which are in the hospital like I am. And no building. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Like talk about disruption. I mean, yeah, there's the physical, personal disruption, but then right. also the organization. Like, how do you come back from that? You yeah, know? things are disrupted at every level, and it's really traumatic when you're in a situation like that because there's so much life that's that's mm-hmm. changed, and as as you just said, so much life that has been lost. And so there's grief, there's trauma, there's confusion. There's, you know, like you're, it, I, I think w- when we talked about it in the past, you've, you've talked about it kind of as a fog, uh, yeah. just that you were living in for a while. Um, right. but there, there, there was a point when that shifted for you. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, how did you begin to move forward, uh, from all of that? You know, I look back on it and I would love to have like a specific moment. You know, it was this moment I had this certain thing for breakfast and every, you know, like, like an exact thing. Yeah. And all I can tell you is that it was a constant, take the next right step, put the Hmm. next foot in front of the other. You know, we all tell each other that all the time, you just keep moving forward, do the next thing, but it's true those small steps over time lead to, you know, amazing transformation if you're consistent and if you keep going. However, there was a moment and it was actually a couple of years after the bombing where my boss, the CEO at the time did say something to me that was really empowering and and really kind of life-changing that really just sort of took it to a whole nother level. You know, at first it was just surviving. Right. So in survival mode, you just do the next right thing, the next right thing, the next right thing, the next step, the next step. But one day she asked me, she said, you know, Amy, if you had a magic wand, what would you do? What would you choose? Yes. Get a magic wand. And I'm like, you know, she's a CEO. So I'm like, how do I enter this? You know, and she said, no, this isn't a trick question. Like, I'm really asking if you had a magic wand, what would you do different here at, at the credit union? And so I started talking about our culture, you know, I'd, we'd have a better culture, you know, all of this. And she said, listen to me. And she said, okay, given your current situation and your current limitations, what are the smallest steps that you can take today toward that picture? And it was just this, okay, what just happened? Like, wait, wait a minute, what just happened? How am I, res- I'm responsible for culture now, you know, but yeah. it was very empowering. And, you know, we now know like that is hope, you know, when you suddenly have yes. a goal and you have agency toward that 
And you can start taking those small steps toward that. That is hope is what she gave me. So that little framework that might sound silly, but it's been so powerful in my life to just ask that question if I had a magic wand. So it gives me clarity because I can get really clear on on what I really want. If if I had a magic wand, what would I want? Um, Then given my current situation, current limitations. Okay, well, you know, I have this problem, this problem, this limitation, whatever. All right, fine. What's the smallest thing I can do? And that's where it puts puts it on you. It's you, you can't play the victim, right? You know, it's not, well, what can David do to help me? Or what can somebody else do is what can I do to move toward that picture? Now, and so I, that framework has really helped me even like when yeah. COVID hit, having to pivot mm-hmm. as an organization, I use that same framework. I want to ask you about that because when you feel a big disruption, our minds can start moving towards, I need to do something really big right now to make that shift. And so how do you keep it small as far as the shift goes when you're trying to take one step at a, at a time? I know for, for me, sometimes I try to take leaps. <laughs> and usually when, when I take leaps, it feels like I fall back down a hill. You know? And so I'm, I'm curious, as, as you're doing it, how do you do that well? So, and I don't know that I do it well all the time, but I basically do both because when I dream, Mm -hmm. the magic wand thing is big. It's audacious. It's crazy. It's, this is the thing I want. Give you an example. This is maybe silly. You can edit this out later, but I was doing that. I was, I was having trouble. I was kind of in a funk. I was in a fog. This was during COVID and I was a little bit depressed, honestly. And I, this is crazy. This is so weird. I told my husband to go get a lottery ticket. I never get lottery tickets. In fact, we didn't even know where to go to get the lottery ticket. We had to look up how to get one. But my thought was this. You remember Willy Wonka? You know, he had the chocolate bar. Does he have the golden ticket? And he's dreaming. You know, what if I have the golden ticket? I'm like, maybe if I have a lottery ticket, I'm going to trick my brain into dreaming. Because I'm going to be like, okay, pretend I won the lottery. What would I do? So I had this lottery ticket. And I know there's no way I won, but there's that little bitty part of you that goes, but what if? And so I start writing down all the things I would do. And after I got through the whole pay off your bills, quit your job, go on vacation, you have the normal stuff. Then it was like, okay, really, how is your life different? Hmm. Really? What does that look like? And so I started dreaming like, oh, I would have like a house in maybe like Colorado in the mountains, someplace where I could ride my bike all the time. Okay. Then I did the... Given your current situation and your current limitations, I didn't win the lottery, actually. So, and I don't have enough money to buy a house in Colorado, but there's a place we ride bikes all the time that I joke. And I always say, if you squint just right, it looks like you're in Colorado and it's called the uh, Wichita Mountains in Oklahoma. It's in South Oklahoma. And so I started making the smallest step of, you know what, I ought to just Google and see if there's any lots available or houses available, which then led to, because we go down there all the time to ride bikes, just kind of looking around. And one day we stumbled across a lot that was for sale. And it was like, hmm, what if we bought it? You know, don't, don't know if we can ever afford to build on it, but hey, why don't we start there? So these steps were very, very small and actually we're getting ready to start building a house in the next month. Oh, wow. Congrats. Crazy. And I would never, but that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't being intentional. And it started with a big dream of what if I won the lottery and I had a house in Colorado, then scaled back to, okay, maybe I have a house 
where I ride my bike, where if you squint, it looks like you're in Colorado. And then, um, you know, and then the smallest thing of I'm going to Google and see if there's a house for sale. And then one day, oh, here's a little bitty lot. Maybe we buy that. And then what, and then, and then eventually that pays off. And then, okay, what if we buy a house plan? Okay, what if we, you know, so it's that next step, next step. And before you know it, you look back and you're like, holy cow, I'm getting ready to have a house in Medicine Park, you know? So when when I'm thinking back a couple of years ago, uh, around March 2020, you and I had a conversation then. We were doing a thing called Hopelahoma, uh, trying to inspire hope. And, and I, I remember leading up to it, you talked to me about how most people were viewing disruption as a bad thing. And you said we want to purposely embrace disruption. And so within your life as a leader, as you're working CEO, credit union, and building a team and, and growing forward, what does that look like for you to embrace disruption? And how do you do that practically within that environment? So it's a mindset first. It starts mm-hmm. in your mind because in, I'm just going to use, I'm going to use COVID as an example. Okay. Because yeah, when that happened, you know, we didn't know anything, right? We didn't know how long it was going to be. We thought, is this a temporary? Right. Like we didn't know. And so you could, you could have gone a couple of ways. You know, you could have just hunkered down and waited for the thing to be over or been scared or whatever. And I, I guess it's fight or flight or fight. Mm-hmm. And so I embraced the fight. And so yeah. what I do is I just sort of pump up the, you know, we're going in, we're going to come out stronger. Like it's a starts in my mind. Like I'm going to win. I'm going to come out stronger. I'm going to use this to like learn and get better and stronger and whatever else. And that's exactly what we did. And I said, you know, if we had a magic wand, what would we do? Well, if we had a magic wand, we would be able to serve everybody virtually. Well, we're a small credit union. We didn't have the capability to do that. Well, what are the smallest steps? Well, we started web chat on the website. We started video banking where people could video call with us. We sent all of our employees home with laptops and just said, let's figure it out. You know, but it's a yes. mindset of we're going to do this. It, we're going to come out stronger and being intentional. What does that mean? What does that look like? And what's the next smallest step to get there? A lot of people say, I don't like change. Change yeah. has been a consistent theme throughout your life. And so, you know, some, some leaders don't change until something bad happens or until, you know, it's, it's like, if it's not broke, why fix it? Do you have any process of purposely disrupting your organization and your people so that you're constantly thinking through change or helping them think differently so that we don't get too set in how we go about things? I have never done the purposeful disruption. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people do. I think that's great. The way my mind works, um, I'm constantly ideating. So yeah. it changed. I naturally seem to find change. So okay. I don't need help there. My, <laughs> our staff doesn't want me to have help there. It would be very bad. <laughs> so usually I'm pacing myself not to change things too much, too fast for other people. Yeah. Because, you know, I could go a little crazy with that. But I'd like to say something here. Change is not always good. It's not like every change that happens to me. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, disruption. I'll give you an example in my personal life. I started having some health issues and I had to have double knee replacement. And this was a terrible thing. This was not cool. This was not fun because I could not ride my bike. I could not run. And those are two and couldn't swim. Those three things were things I did all the time. 
And it was terrible. It was very depressing. And I could not find one great, wonderful thing about that at all. And that was not one where I went, yeah, I'm coming out stronger. I mean, I tried to, but that recovery of double knee replacement, there was no moment where I felt like a warrior. It was terrible. And, but as I kept taking one step in front of the other, literally, I discovered some different sports that I could do, like hiking and kayaking. I could sit in a kayak. I could paddle. I could, I would have never fallen in love with hiking or kayaking, except that I could not ride my bike and I could not run. So, so now I can tell you looking back at the, at the moment, it felt terrible. Now I look back and I'm like, man, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have all these wonderful activities that I do now that I love because it forced me to discover those. So let's go back to the time when uh, your boss said to you, if you had a magic wand, Mm -hmm. you had a moment where where you started thinking about the world differently then. Um, Let's talk about the other side, just the personal side. You're on the, on the disruption side at the time you're a teller. Um, Mm -hmm. Was this life that you're living now, was this within your lens? Was this something that you were dreaming about thinking about, or was it, was this something that you, you essentially became over a long period of time by just simply taking the next step? So it evolved. But what's interesting is I found a word document about, Oh, maybe five years ago or so. And I had done this thing called a painted picture, which was basically doing the magic wand thing. Right. But I took every area like financial, physical, you know, career, and I wrote out that magic wand picture, you know, the big high in the sky picture as if it already happened. So like it read like this um, and it was crazy like that. I wrote this, but I wrote, um, you know, I'm CEO of my credit union. Didn't even like that was I mean, I literally was like reaching, you know, and I remember I wrote I weighed 355 pounds at the time and I wrote I've lost weight. I'm riding a bicycle. Didn't even know one day I would become a cyclist. Like I wrote all these things out as if it already happened. Tucked that word document away. I discovered that word document about five years ago and everything had come true on that document. There was one thing that came true in a different type of way I would have ever realized, but they all had come true. And I pondered that and I, I really did not have like a, at that moment when I said, yeah, one day I'm going to be CEO. It's not like I sat down right then and went, okay, here's the path. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It didn't, but it had to have planted something in me and my brain started working to try to reach it. So just the action of getting clear and dreaming, I think starts something in motion, whether you realize it or not. And then if you add the intentional steps of, like, for example, when I, after she, she said that about the magic wand, I started using it at work and finding success. One day I thought, you know, I want to go back to college. I started using it on the personal side. And so those steps were real small, you know, how to get my transcript, how to find a college I could afford, how to find a, you know, little bitty steps and then eventually getting my degree. Um, I just kept using that in my personal life while at the same time dreaming these big, big dreams. And then I look back now and I'm like, wow, like they actually came true. Hmm. So it's, I don't know, crazy. When people think about disruption, 
it's something that, like I said earlier, a lot of times people are running away from. You have purposely embraced disruption. Like you said, not all change is good, but change is part of the process. And yes. uh, we want to do it at a realistic pace. If we right. don't lean in, though, if we don't embrace disruption yeah. right. in our lives, I want to know this. What are the stakes for a leader? Because I feel like like the stakes might be higher than we're actually mm-hmm. saying. What are the stakes for a leader, for an organization, for somebody who's looking at their life in, in the future if they don't embrace disruption? Okay. So I'm, I've never said this before out loud, so you may have to edit this because this is I'm going to hear it for the first time as you're hearing yeah. it because I'm going to try to draw an analogy here. I'm going to talk about my double knee replacement first. So okay. I chose when I realized my knees were bad, a lot of people realize their knees are bad and they put off surgery. They don't want to have the surgery. They don't want to go through it. They put it off and that their, their quality of life just starts declining because they're putting the thing off. Instead, I said, well, we're, we're doing it and we're doing both of them at the same time. Like I'm trapping myself into success. It's not like I'm going to have one and change my mind and not do the other man. We're doing it. We're doing both of them. And while it was terrible and horrible and a major disruption, on the other side, I'm stronger, I'm better, I'm back doing all my activities. So now that's personally, right? That just affected me. But now take yourself as a leader and you're responsible for however many people. I'm responsible for 95 people, right? If something is hurt and limping in my organization, like my double knees were hurting me in my personal life, if there's something toxic or wrong or not good in my organization, and I don't want to have the surgery and I don't want to do the thing. So I kind of avoid it and I limp along. I'm not just hurting myself. I'm hurting 95 people down the road. that are going to pay the price for me not wanting to lean into that disruption. Wow. So we went through a data conversion, a core conversion in my organization. It was very painful. It was 18 months of disruption. But I did it because if we didn't do that, I could see a slow death happening to our organization on down the road that everyone would be affected by if we didn't do that thing. So there's just decisions you have to make as a leader sometimes that even even your staff may not see at first that it's good for them. So maybe on the other side, but you know it needs to be done and you just have to lean in and do it. So there are different kinds of pain that move us forward into, uh, into a transformation. And so for, for you, when you're evaluating these, these different things, because, you know, knees, uh, that's something I'm like, I I'm going to need new knees. Uh, when you're looking at the, uh, at the system conversion, uh, mm-hmm. how do you determine this is, this is something that I feel like we need to lean into. I feel like we do need to to make this change versus, you know, this sounds like a squeaky wheel and maybe this needs some WD-40. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is the case, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's a deal where you decide, you know what, this is a WD-40 yeah. moment, you know, <laughs> and other times, you know, no, I have to replace the thing. Like it's got to be replaced. Yeah. And that's where, you know, depending on the culture in your organization, if you've got a culture where you're listening to people and they're telling you what the barriers are to your success and you're able to start hearing from, from your people. And you know, like, you know, like this is a real problem because you're hearing it. You're having open dialogue constantly with your staff. I think that sheds light on what you're dealing with. It's a squeaky wheel. If it's just a little thing, you're maybe only hearing it for one or two people, but if it's a consistent message over a period of time from your entire organization, 
that there's a problem or a barrier and you know the fix is is something that's going to disrupt, you got to do the fix. You and I are both big advocates of hope. Like, like I said, you wrote a book called Hope is a Verb. Uh, your TEDx talk has absolutely blown up. It's, it's everywhere talking about uh, hope. We haven't talked about this. It, it, I'm, I'm really curious about this because this is something you've done culturally. You just talked about listening and making sure that people have a place. How have you experienced a, as a leader that listening engages and inspires hope on the people inside of your team? Oh, wow. Okay. So here's an example. So I have started meeting with one department each month, and this is how I do it. I invite, like, for example, um, this month, our teller supervisor at our main office, invite her to breakfast, and I let her choose two or three of her staff that she would like to bring with her. And I ask them, I invite them to come and have breakfast with me because I want to learn all about their challenges. Hmm. I want to hear all the yucky stuff, the good, the bad, the ugly Give it to me. Tell it to me. I want to hear, what do you face? What are you dealing with? So they come, we sit down, and I'll just listen. Like, tell me all the things. Make the notes, right? Oh, really? You have this? Oh, ooh, really? And I don't force them. You know, there used to be a saying that said, don't come to me with a complaint unless you have a solution. Well, some people aren't wired to come up with solutions, and you're limiting not hearing the problems if you force them to have to come up with a solution. You just listen. You just make all the notes. And if you do that every month, you create that space to listen to your employees, you start learning what the problems are. And then what happens is you start addressing those. You you, you close the loop. You can't just hear it and never fix it. So you start fixing some things and you let them know, hey, you know that thing you told me? Um, Let's try this and see if that helps it. Or, hey, I found a fix in the system for this thing that's a problem for you. They now feel very empowered and very hopeful because they know they can speak up and say a thing and somebody is hearing them and somebody is going to bring a solution to them. Then they also know they're now empowered to offer solutions to other things they see and that we're listening and ready to take those and do something with them. Wow. So the stakes are high. We have to be listening. I I want to take one moment, though. Here's another question I haven't asked you before, Amy. This is actually really fun. We've had a lot of conversation. We've spent a lot of time together. I've never asked you this one. We talk sometimes about your younger self looking into the future. If you could go back to your younger self on some of your hard days, what would you say to your younger self from where you are now? You know, I look back through my life. And so when I think of hard times, you know, I think of probably think more of personal hard times, you know, that I Mm. faced. And in my personal life, there were some hard times and I was afraid. I was afraid to do the thing because it would have been such a disruption in my life. I needed to do something, but I was scared to. I was scared to make a move that would caused such change and such disruption scared me to death. And I didn't do it for many years. I wished I'd have done it. I should have done it, but I was scared. 
And I caused more pain and heartache by not doing the thing I knew I needed to do. So I would go back and tell myself, be brave, do it. It's not going to, it's not going to bring the downfall like you think. Just do the hard thing you need to do and don't be scared. What's the worst that could happen? You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You'll get through it. Yeah. What happens in our organizations? What happens in our lives? What what happens in our families when we step into that brave place and embrace not just disruption, but embrace the transformation as well with it? Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. I'm telling you. You do crazy things. You look back and you're like, holy cow. We just grew our organization like we're six times bigger, stronger, larger than we were before. Or I just went from 355 pounds and completed an Ironman, you know, or, you know, I don't know. It's crazy, right? You do crazy stuff. You you accomplish really amazing things when you do that. Wow. Okay. So let's say somebody's listening in to us in this conversation and they say, that sounds great, Amy. You have a great life at this point. I know you've gone through some very difficult things, but you've overcome a lot, but that's you. I don't know if I have that currently. I feel overwhelmed. I'm not sure what to do. My life, it feels like I'm living in a heavy mm-hmm. uh, cloud every day. What's oh gosh, I've been there. I've been yeah. there. I was there last yeah. year. I, I, I still hit those times, right? Yeah. And that's where you have to actively pull yourself out of it. And that means listening. Start with your mind, right? It's, it all starts in our minds. What are you yeah. listening to? What kind of music? What kind of... What kind of podcast? What kind of stuff are you filling your mind with? Change that first. Like get your head on straight. Get your head on straight, you know? And then get clarity. What what do you really want? What do you really want? Like, why are you depressed? Why are you in a fog? Because what is it you want your life to look like? And paint that picture. I'm in a fog because of whatever, my health. Okay, I'm a fog because of my health. Okay, fine. Then what what is it you're wanting to have great health? Okay, what are the steps you need to take? What's the smallest step? Maybe you start hydrating, drinking enough water. Maybe you feel like crap because you're dehydrated. You know, let's get some water or let's go to bed earlier. Let's get some sleep. Like just start making those steps, you know, but get your head on straight first because it starts in the mind. And if it starts in the mind, then I can take those next steps and lean into whatever I'm facing. And ultimately, you can be a brave leader who experiences transformation because you embrace the disruption along the way. Yep. Yeah. Well, Amy, thank you for uh, taking time to pour into the leader growth community. It's always great spending time with you. Uh, I'm just blown away by some of the simplicity that you've shared w- with us. You, you mentioned at the very beginning, you said taking small steps. And so just what, one final question as, as we're wrapping up on this. When, when you look at small, how small do your steps get when you're in a cloud? They are as small as Google something on the computer. Like my first step literally might be Google whatever the thing is I'm trying to figure out. The smallest step for me sometimes might yeah. be find an inspiring podcast that will help me today. Like they're small. So it's almost like the smallest step is to choose to take a step. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I'm at least going to start moving forward 
in some way. 100%. 100%. So my smallest step at one point, because I was feeling like I couldn't move forward, was I'm going to make my bed today. Mm. I'm going to make my bed today. Because I, I don't I never used to make my bed because I thought, I'm going to mess it up again. Why do it? And I started making my bed every morning just to prove to myself to take yes. a step and do something. So literally, my moving forward was just to force myself to take one step, which was to make my bed. I love that you said that because so many times when we hear people who have, you know, done things like an Ironman or they're the, the CEO or, you know, uh, had a very high selling book and they're on stages and they're the number three or top 10 rated speaker in, in Oklahoma City and Ted talking and all this. And it's like, you don't go through the things that I go through. Yep, <laughs> and no, you're I saying, do. no, it's yeah. as simple as like, I need to make my bed today. Yeah, yeah. I started that during COVID. That was just not that long ago. Yep. Started to make my bed. And then it felt so good because it felt like I was already winning for my day every day Mm. because I at least did one thing. I at least made my bed. So, yeah. You know, I I heard this one time. uh, It was somebody talking about their, their faith and they said, God can't redeem your mask. He can only redeem you. And so as long as that mask is, is on, you're not able to actually make make that change. And what what I love is that you just brought your authentic self to this saying like, hey, this is pretty, pretty recent. I still face this because I still go through these challenges. And while I may wear a lot of these different hats, at the end of the day, I'm human. And uh, that's where this, that's where the, this ultimately leads back to is somebody who uh, has just taken life by the horns and decided to continue forward, taking the next right step. So, uh, Amy, any last words for the leader growth community today? I know I'm going to want to have you back on, on the podcast in the future, but anything that, that you'd like to, to send us out with to give us just a little bit more hope today? Yes. So if you're feeling in that cloud and yeah. if you're feeling stuck, I'm going to throw it right back to you because I think you have some knowledge and some information on getting unstuck. So I would definitely recommend your book to get unstuck. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that encouragement. Yeah, you could get uh, unstuck. You can get hope is a verb. In fact, if you want, reach out uh, at hello at leadergrowth.us and we'll get both. Uh, we'll, we'll We'll get you a special deal to to get both of those books together. Uh, Amy, thank you so much for stopping in today. Once again, always great to see you. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Good to see you too. All right. Well, that wraps up today's conversation with Amy Downs on how to embrace disruption. If you haven't yet, would you take a moment to rate this podcast, review it, subscribe to it, and share it with someone that you know it can help? To find out more about modern leadership, go to leadergrowth.us. If you haven't yet, go ahead, give us a follow on LinkedIn. Give us a follow on Instagram at leadergrowth. It is such an honor to serve you each week. I'm looking forward to being back here next week with a fantastic guest. Until then, love hard, live full, and lead strong. This is our declaration. We are locked in. All in and full out. We are the roar. You think you can run with us? Let's go. I get lying in my blood. You were just a cub.